1: him,
0: Trezen, Scott. What's up, everyone? Grand Rising to all of y'all. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to a terrific Tuesday today, y'all. I get to be here in the studio and really showcase some of the great work that my entire team at Converge has been doing. And I'm excited because for the next couple of days, y'all are going to be seeing some clips and maybe you've seen them, but not my rendition of them. So I get to give you some personal account. And this first story that I'm excited to share We're going to be diving into it. I want to give a huge shout out to Cesar Canizales for always bringing us these phenomenal stories. But of course, y'all know it's the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. That's right. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch us, we always have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network in The Day with Trey. We're on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever podcast platform is your favorite. Go ahead and search for us and y'all will find us there. Um, you know, When we think about all the stories, it's not just people, but sometimes we have to go out and cover the ways that things are changing in our our city. And Cesar Canizales is always one to hit up these phenomenal opportunities to actually showcase what's going on out there. There's some changes that are happening at one of our beloved parks in the Central District, Pal Barnett. And he was out there to actually take a glimpse and learn more about what's going on so he could share it with us. Check it out, y'all.
2: Powell Barnett Park in the Central District is a peaceful place that neighbors use for play, exercise, family gatherings, and more. But that tranquility could come to an end. Seattle Parks and Recreation is considering installing a fenced-in, off leash dog park in an open, grassy section of the park, right next to a picnic area.
3: It would completely destroy a perfectly good, open and green space.
2: Seattle Parks says demand for off-leash dog parks has grown exponentially, so it conducted a study to determine where to build a new one. Paul Barnett Park is one of the locations in the Central District that Seattle Parks has identified as one that meets the agency's siting criteria.
3: It was named after an African American in the city of Seattle. It's also uh, one of the oldest green spaces in the Central District and has served multiple generations over time.
2: Maisha Barnett is the granddaughter of Paul Barnett, a civic activist and community advocate who received multiple commendations for his work in the community. The park was named after him in 1969. The park fell into disrepair over the years. But in 2006, Barnett raised funds to renovate the park, putting in new sod, benches, and exercise area. All the work was done in just six days. Barnett opposes putting an off-leash area in the park for a multitude of reasons. She cites safety, the environment, and the disruption that an off-leash area would bring.
3: It would display several activities. There are multiple events that happen here, including carnivals, children playing frisbee, football, soccer, family gatherings, church gatherings, school reunions.
2: Besides, Barnett says, there is no need for an off-leash area because there's already a dog park just about a mile down the road, Blue Dog Pond. Some people who live near Paul Barnett including former King County Council member Larry Gossett, opposed the
0: plan. I think it's a terrible idea because it's one of the uh, historic parks in the central area that a lot of African-American families have uh, gotten significant enjoyment from.
2: Bobby Forge says the park is a place where people come to relax, to enjoy picnics and commune. This is our health club. This is the place we come to recreate. This is the place we come to exercise. This is the place that we come for tranquility. Ravi Chandran hasn't been living in the neighborhood for very long, but he exercises at the park regularly. He says he's afraid of dogs and would prefer an off park somewhere else. Uh, there should be an exclusive park for dog ball pitching game and, because dogs also need some kind of uh, outlet. time. Even people who like dogs oppose the plan. Hope Hensley is a friend of Maisha Barnett and has been informing neighbors about the potential of an off-leash area inside the park. She says most are opposed.
0: Personally, I would find it disgusting to be next to a dog park, (laughs) and
2: I like dogs. A dog owner who had his two dogs at the park did not want to appear on camera, but he said he would be in favor of having an off-leash area at Powell Barnett for his dogs to play. Seattle Parks is defending an off-leash area inside Powell Barnett Park. In an email, the agency said an off-leash area is needed in the Central District in order to reduce conflicts at parks between residents and off-leash dogs and better mitigate the impacts of dogs on our natural environments. The organization acknowledged that the picnic area presented a conflict due to health and hygiene, and if Powell Barnett is selected, they would work with the community to relocate the picnic space within the park. Community members who want to comment on the off-leash plans should visit the Seattle Parks website at seattle.gov parks. The agency is also hosting listening sessions at the U District Farmers Market on July 29th and at the Columbia City Farmers Market on August 16th.
0: Wow, y'all. This is one of those stories. The reason why I really wanted to share this. Now, this happened a while back, but I thought it was so important to really have a discussion about it. Because when we talk about um, gentrification, we are often talking about families that are displaced, but we don't talk about what's left behind. And in the wake of so much gentrification in the Central District, we now find ourselves almost with some kind of like two different uh you know, demographics kind of clashing together. And this, uh the proposal even to have an off-leash dog park and have that be at Powell Barnett is a real testament to that because for some that are not used to this area, maybe new to the area, don't understand the rich history of that park and what it represents for so many, even to this day, that is a real indication by them even trying to utilize this park as an off leash dog park or area for dogs. I mean, this is something that a lot of people, even though they don't live in Seattle, still come back to that park to host gatherings, uh, baby showers, birthday parties, all kinds of barbecues and things that go on in the summer months and early fall and spring that really are indicators of the continuation of our cultural traditions from a lot of Black community members who have called the Central District home, and so I really wanted to showcase with that. Um, by by, uh, that's why I really appreciate Caesar for getting the wide range of perspectives that he did, even from those who love dogs and and everything. Those who are in the area, it was great to kind of hear the, the the range of perspectives, and a lot of people really saying they don't want this to happen, and that in a certain way does my heart some type of good and I'll tell you why because as we have areas that are you know now taking up major blocks uh you know new apartment buildings we didn't grow up with that in the central district all these monstrosities of buildings that are super super high we didn't have that and you know I appreciate the artwork and some of the intentionality especially when we talk about you know spaces that are uh, commercially affordable for black-owned businesses to to return to the Central District, I think is so important and key. But I also think it's important that those who are moving to this area respect the tradition, respect the history and understand that although, you know, a lot of Black families have been displaced from the Central District in terms of being a homeowner or even a renter, uh, that doesn't mean that they do not care about the Central District. And I can speak to countless different community members and have all the time over the years to be honest, about this very issue. You know, one of the things that really struck me in my discussions with folks who have lived here was that there was an intentionality to put up walls by some uh, who were moving to the area and buying homes. It was like they bought a home and put a fence up around it immediately um, because they really weren't trying to get to know their neighbors as much. You know, they began calling on their neighbors, unregulated driveways and things like this, you know, um, looking at, you know, different codes and, you know, in a sense, calling the city on their neighbors. Um, So this is what a lot of homeowners and renters experience when the waves of gentrification began to kind of first happen. And to hear those stories and to see something like this, it just shows me a clash of interest, a clash of maybe tradition. Um, But at the same time, I think it's important that we be able to uplift the, the rich history that is here in the ways that we can. And parks are definitely one of those ways. You know, we, we see that there's a redevelopment happening for Garfield Park. Uh, and shout out to everyone on Garfield Superblock who has been pushing this forward, um, especially Mr. Robert Stevens, who has been so integral in moving that work forward over a decade of advocacy that he's been doing to now bring together an amazing group of folks who are redeveloping that park to bring cultural tradition and history into the park so people can actually learn about some of the cultures and ethnicities that have called the Central District home. Uh, But I, I was actually moved by this story because People were saying, no, we don't want that here. And that, for me, is a real indicator that there is still so much love for what was in this central district versus maybe what is coming. And I think it's important for new homeowners and new renters in this area to learn from that rich history. You know, no one ever wants to be wiped out. And we've seen that far too much throughout American history, uh, the Wiping out of indigenous cultures of, you know, certain ethnic groups, especially what has happened with uh, black folks. We're seeing it now nationally when it comes to some of the critical race theory and just trying to teach the actual history and that being, you know, uh, something that is torn down in certain states. Um we don't we don't want that here. You know, there's a res- resounding interest of folks who are saying, you know, look, we really want to make sure that we stay true to what is real, um, but also that we continue the legacies of tradition that was here. And, and for me, I think it's important. Um, I think that all of the spaces that can, in a sense, be Um, saved in that way that can still hold a lot of that uh, amazing history and continuation. As we said, there's a lot of families and groups that come back to Powell Barnett for these amazing gatherings. There's community gatherings that happen there. I mean, at the end of the day, I was a bit relieved to hear that a lot of folks were saying they really didn't want that to be an off-leash dog park. I think it's important because when we uplift what has happened and what we want to continue to happen in that space, I just loved hearing that be the resounding sound and the tone for this right here. So thanks again, Caesar, for being out there, for listening to the folks and connecting um, and really connecting it to the the history of the park and why it's so important for it to continue to be what it has been for so many of us. Well, y'all, after this break, I get to talk a little bit about us kind of ending our summer. We are almost there as the fall equinox approaches us on September 21st, and I want to give a little shout out to an amazing black owned business that was keeping us cool during the summer months stay tuned right after this short break you're watching the day with Trey one in every 500 African Americans in the US suffer from sickle cell disease one in three African American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell one appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life Will you be that one? Visit RedCrossBlood.org slash OurBlood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. Get ready for a night of solid
3: gold with the Temptations and the Four Tops
0: same night. Same stage, the Temptations and the Four Tops together
3: live. Join us on September 15th and 16th in the vibrant city of Seattle for the Het Haru Healing Conference on September 15th from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. and September 16th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Langston Hughes Performing Arts Institute located at 104 17th Avenue, Seattle, Washington, 98144. Immerse yourself in the healing waters of Het Haru as renowned Het Heru Healing Dance creator Queen Mother Maj Chamamen guide you on a transformative journey of peace and joy. Pet Haru is the part of our spirit that governs joy, creativity, our imagination, and much more. At this wonderful event, you will learn the practice of dancing our way to improving ourselves, our health, and our relationships. So mark your calendars for September 15th and 16th. Don't miss out on this incredible event. Space is limited, so reserve your spot now for only $25. Follow us on Instagram at Asar Asat WA for more information and to secure your ticket. Let the rhythm move you and let the healing
0: begin. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Uh You know, this is an amazing story that we captured quite a while ago. But I will say that as we're kind of ending some of these amazing warm days, uh, it's great to be able to give a great throwback right now to Creamy Cone Cafe. If you haven't checked them out, this will definitely get your mouth watering. It'll make you want to go check them out, especially as we're rounding out these amazing Amazing warm days check out creamy cone
1: y'all hi I'm Ashanti Mayfield welcome to creamy cone cafe we're here in the Rainier Beach area we got 12 rotating flavors of premium ice cream that's all here from the Pacific Northwest And yeah, we also have waffle cones that we make fresh daily. We have cookie ice cream sandwiches. We also have a full espresso menu. We make milkshakes and affogados. Afogados are too many scoops of ice cream of your choice. And then we do a double shot of espresso poured on top of that. For people who might be vegan or have dietary restrictions, we always try to make sure we keep at least two to three um, non-dairy vegan options in rotation. You know, this um, area, it kind of needed something that was new and like family friendly. So I was already in this space um, a year prior to opening the ice cream shop. I had got the space um, with intentions to just work with my clients. I'm also a licensed cosmetologist. I specialize in hair extensions. And so um, I had clients that I was working with here. And then I was also going to sublease some of the spaces out to other beauty professionals. And then my mom was going to have her consignment boutique in here as well. So um, when the pandemic hit, I kind of started thinking like what other things would be good for this area. And I felt like we needed kind of more food, restaurant, places where you could just go and get something good. We're all about just affirmations, just positivity, uh, you know, teaching kindness, preaching kindness, making people feel appreciated and like they matter is important to us. Um, We're really big on customer service here. I've worked a lot of jobs, too many, to where I'm kind of embarrassed at how many jobs I've had. But um, customer service is always something that I've been super big on. If if the customer walks in, they need to feel appreciated and welcome first thing. I was born and raised out here but later years I went out south but it drew me back out this way because I do feel like it's really diverse and um, there's a lot of culture and black history here in Seattle as well so we got a nice community center. Um, like I said it's, it's got rich culture and history here. We definitely felt like we made a good move and I'm glad we went through with it.
0: Welcome back. Now listen, that right there, uh, is a true joy and gem. And if you are vegan, they, like you heard it, they do got some vegan options, but you know, a a gym in South Seattle. And the beauty is, is that when we think about being able to support black owned businesses in different seasons, we want to keep creamy cone at the top of our mind, even when we're in the winter months, because sometimes you just need that creamy goodness that is ice cream. Uh, Or for me is, you know, I go to like root beer floats, that's a thing, but you want to be able to find the ways to support black business. And I'm so grateful that our team here Converge has been intentional to be out there capturing business stories so that we can not only understand about the business, but also the business owner. You know, we're personalizing these businesses for y'all so you can think of them not just as creamy comb, but be thinking about the owner behind it. That for me is the special part that really lies in my heart, because when we think about all of the folks that are doing something that had that dream, that had that vision, that got inspired. Well, they started doing something about it and it takes a lot to run a brick and mortar business. And so that means that we have to be the ones to support them. You know, on one hand, we hear a lot of discussion about how dare this business close down and that's messed up. The You know, the landlord wouldn't, you know, lower the rent. We hear all of that, which is true. But it's also true that if they have enough customers, you know, some of those issues are going to be a less of an issue for them um, because they actually have a robust customer base who is keeping their business alive and thriving. So please go check out Creamy Cone Cafe as we wind down on these warm summer days. You know, fall is creeping up on us. We've already experienced what feels like some fall days uh, toward the end of August. Let's be the ones to make sure that Creamy Cone stays in our community because we become patrons of Creamy Cone. Uh, I'm going to wrap up all of this right after this short break y'all stay tuned you're watching the day with trey hey you guys i'm jay martin jr the host of the drive project podcast where we talk about passion purpose and possibility it's available for you to listen on whereweconverge.com, soundcloud you can listen to it on apple spotify google and so much more real conversations with real people and some of it is just me sharing my perspective i can't wait for you to listen thank you so much What's up everybody? Trey Holiday here and it is about that time to get our kids back into school. So of course it's also a great time to make sure they are up to date on all of their vaccinations. You can find free vaccination events all throughout King County and they are giving out COVID-19 vaccines, boosters, all the vaccinations you need to make sure your kids are ready to start their school year off right. Go to kingcounty.gov forward slash find a clinic to find a free vaccination event near you. I learned about the new program through many different community organizations. The program, um, they're very good at making sure that you meet the right people, My favorite part would have to be the community building um, and also the volunteer opportunities as well.
1: I've been working on my
0: physical health a lot more. I've been intentional about that and they're very big on that. I'm still learning how transformational it is um, because there's just so much opportunity. It's a great program and they will support you.
2: Visit the link at the end of this video to learn more.
0: Welcome back everyone to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holliday. You know, it, for me, in you know, days like this, when we get to really shout out the work that we've been doing, it's so special because it's, it. like I said, it's not just about the people that I bring on that are inspiring. It's also all of the people that are working behind the scenes that Converge to bring you stories like you saw today. Shout out to the production crews and the teams that worked on both of those stories. I think it's so important for us to be able to showcase this work, which is why I I've dedicated two days this week to do just that. So tomorrow I'm excited because y'all will be seeing some other clips of things that we have done, but it's just uplifting because there's so much work that goes into it, but it's also the work that we all love doing. And I'm hoping that you're feeling the inspiration because I understand the passion that goes into these pieces, but we want you to be able to experience that passion as well. Whether you've seen these clips before or not, it's important for us to be able to understand the work that goes on behind the scenes and give that it's just due. And for me, you know, these stories, a lot of them are timeless unless we're talking about something that is very specific, right? You know, the off dog leash law that is trying to be passed, that's something that may be specific in time, but the story in and of itself is, you know, it goes across time only because it's a showcasing of the need for us to either unify in our communities as they are gentrified and, and thinking about what's left behind, or for us to be very intentional about ensuring that those who still care for their neighborhood that raised them where they grew up, that you have a voice there as well, not just where you live today. But also keep your presence alive in these spaces if they still matter to you. It's important for, you know, new neighbors to see us being in space again. And I know for me, you know, I live in Federal Way and it may be cool to throw something at Steel Lake, but there's something so special about bringing my family back to the Central District and doing something out here as well. So be be that. Let's be the example we want to see and the example we want to set specifically because that's the way that a lot of the new uh, folks moving into our neighborhoods are going to understand how much we care. about these neighborhoods and how much we care about keeping our childhood traditions alive in a way that we get to come back to the area to experience it with our our future generations. That's something that I think about as I get older and I'm like, man, one day, whenever I'm a grandmother and a great grandmother, I want to be able to still go down and bring them to Powell Barnett Park and see families having barbecues. I still want to be able to have one myself down there without it seeming like oh, I'm no longer welcome here. And we know that a lot of people have experienced that in gentrified areas all over the country. You know, when they go back, it feels like, man, this is not built for me anymore. And we got to do something to keep, you know, legacies alive. And so that's really on us. Some of us can do that if we are here and we have the ability to do it. Let's do it. It, y'all and showcase it. Also, let's make sure we all stop by Creamy Cone Cafe as we wrap up these warm days. Uh, they are continuing to give us something nice and cold and creamy. <laughs> y'all know for me until tomorrow at 11 a.m.
1: Peace.